Wake up, world. You're now tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. We're at the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, which is also the home of 102.9 and 750 The Game, also the home of the Justin and Devon Sports Radio Show. And uh, Rodney's back in here in the building with me. What up, Rod? What's going on, world? Nothing too much. So, yeah, we uh, make sure you subscribe first and foremost. We on iTunes. We on SoundCloud. Be sure to subscribe there. Wake up and win with Devon Pouncey. And we'll be right there waiting for you. But we got a guest in here today. My brother is joining us. What up, D-Boy? Hey, D-Boy in the building. What's up with it, Pete? Hello, hello. Living so the D- dream. Living the dream. D-Boy LTD. So D-Boy, for y'all that don't know, he rapped. He's just dropped a new album. Tell us a little bit about your album. We're going to talk sports. We didn't bring D-Boy in here just to talk music. He, he going to talk some sports with us, too. But before we get into all the sports and, you know, the World Series and everything else that's going on, just break down a little bit about what you got going on and tell us about yourself man well i just dropped my uh first debut album titled the listening party featuring some heavy hitters such as e40 cool john and a few others and uh basically it just been moving me man we've been out here from the northwest to la and the bay pushing that movement you know what i mean and so that's what i've been focused on and watching these good sports man there you go there you go so let's just jump straight into this thing man the world series happened it was a dope world series in my opinion the best one? Classic. Greatest of all time? Classic. It's a classic. Yeah, greatest of all time? Greatest of all time. Even after how game seven ended? Hey, you know how to spell GOAT? <laughs> G-O-A-T. Greatest, greatest of all time. <laughs> <laughs> even, even with, what about how it ended, though? Because all the other games been pretty dramatic. I mean, you had game two and game five were the most dramatic. And then, you know, it was just kind of a back-and-forth seesaw deal between the two teams. But game game seven, it just seemed like the Astros had it under control from start to finish. So, I mean, you know, what, what's your take on it? I mean, you would like to see a close game seven. You would like to be dramatic like the other games. But, you know, Houston won anymore. L.A. didn't look like they was there. They didn't show up for game seven. In my opinion, I really think that, you know, once it was solidified that it was going to be a game seven, that's when I knew it was the greatest of all time. You know what I mean? You can't get every single game to be just closing down to the wire. But for us to get the six games that we did get leading to game seven. And yeah, we got six know. crazy games, though. I, I agree gonna, with him. It's the greatest. Cause, it's cause the greatest? I'm not into baseball a lot. But I watched this series. And that's how I feel about a lot of other people. Ain't that every World Series, though? No. 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 (laughs) Everybody watched baseball in October and November. Absolutely not. That's just one of them sports where you got to really appreciate baseball to really watch it. All right. So, look. So, so here's my question then for both of y'all. Because uh, you think about the NBA, right? The NBA, you had the Warriors pretty much dominated the playoffs this year. But regardless of that, the NBA – was able to keep the momentum going in the offseason. You had the championship, then you had the NBA draft right after that. Then you had all of these splash moves that was made during the offseason with all these trades and re-signing or signing with new teams, free agency, big money contracts, the whole nine yards. Then you had NBA Summer League, which led right into pretty much the preseason of the NBA, and now we're back in the NBA season. So they were able to keep the momentum year-round. What does baseball have to do to be able to keep that same kind of year-round momentum that the NBA, or is it even possible? It's too tough. And you, D-Boy, you play baseball, (laughs) so you know what I'm saying? Like how— the NBA was able to have some year-round momentum. Football, in a lot of ways, the football was just more popular. I think the NBA is surpassing it now. But initially, football was like 
I know baseball is America's pastime. You know, it's America's sport. But football, I think, just had a lot of popularity. And I know they got the Super Bowl and everything. But I feel like baseball, how do they capitalize off of the greatest? If this is the greatest <laughs> World Series of all time, how does the sport capitalize off of it? Uh, that's tough because as somebody who played baseball at the collegiate level, it's like even when I was watching baseball, it was from like a being a student of the game standpoint. You know what I mean? Baseball is just simply not as entertaining as sports like exactly. basketball and football. It's a slower pace. It's, you know, gaps in between pitches and it's just a slower game. You know what I mean? Basketball is bang, bang up and down the court. Football hitting, touchdowns, yeah. all the excitement based around it. So I think, you know, this brought new, you know, fans and new people to be attentive to baseball. But, but how do you never, keep them? Because you gotta you gotta keep if it's the greatest world series of all them, time. You don't keep you them can't. because it's never gonna be that much excitement all the time. So that's why I'm saying, doesn't everybody watch baseball in October and November? Because now they get new fans every year during the World Series, but they can't keep them by the time spring training starts. Well it's not really new fans. They fans <laughs> yeah. of that moment. They fans right of there. the moment. But, they watching because it's the hype right now. It's every it's on everybody's timeline. These are not genuine fans that exactly. are Exactly. Bought into it. They happy about right now, and it's going to take 12 more months for it to be October and good baseball again, and so it's too much in between. Okay, I mean, I, like I said, I get that. I understand. I watch baseball more, and I'm a radio host, and right. I'm, you know, I keep up with what's going on, but when it comes to me sitting down in my leisure time and watching baseball, I'm watching baseball in October and in November every year, every single year, But before I was a radio host and even now as one. So I'm just kind of curious because – the base, baseball has got to figure out how to keep the steam, how to keep it rolling. Because basketball was able to do that outside of the excitement of the game. With, like I said, free agency from the draft to everything. Like, even when the game wasn't being played, everybody was excited about what was going on in the NBA outside of the pace of the game and outside of hard hitting in football. So I'm just trying to figure out, is there any kind of marketing tactic or anything that baseball could use to keep that juju going? Because a lot of people was tapped into this World Series. I think it's the players, though. If you if you look at the NBA players, they're more into the pop culture. You know, they you know, Russ is a fashion uh, icon right now. You got LeBron, who's like one of the biggest athletes. So, you know, I just feel like the players is more relatable than baseball players. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I heard somebody mention Bryce Harper, I would say, is probably one of the more well-known baseball players in the MLB. And uh, John Wall, we all know who John Wall is on the Washington Wizards. Harper played for the Washington Nationals. So they're in the same market. And somebody asked, like, if both of them went into some classrooms in Washington, D.C., all the kids would know who John Wall is, and hardly none of them would really – not none of them, but, yeah. but not none of them. But it'll what I'm saying is Wall. it'll be right. – Wall would – Definitely be more popular than somebody like a Bryce Harper would be. That's an example I once heard that I always kind of, you know, rocked with. So I'm just trying to figure out, like I said, D-Boy, you play baseball. I'm a sports radio host. Rodney, we we co-host the podcast right here all the time. So it's like, what is it? Do they got to go be fashionistas? Do they got to be like, is it a branding thing? What me and Rodney said, basically it's like, uh, as baseball being America's pastime, it's more of a pure sport to me. You hear less of the, you know, protesting. With football, you got the protesting. You're hearing about that every day. With basketball, like you said, they're more intertwined into the pop culture. Baseball is just more of a clean, pure sport. It's less 
hype built around it. It's less politics built around it, all of that. So they don't come to the forefront of the entertainment industry. And we live in a world where all of this is fueled off of entertainment. So let's be real then. It's a black and white thing in some cases. In some cases, not even on a racist tip, but baseball is majority white sport. I mean, Basketball if you want to say that blacks are more entertaining because they yeah, are, you I know, mean, they not own, even on are. a racist yeah, tip. Like, it's are. not, and I'm are. not trying to, you know, ruffle <laughs> yeah. no feathers here, but just realistically speaking, if we want to be real, which is what we do on this podcast. I mean, that wasn't the point I was making, but it definitely ties into that. I okay. mean, you know and with I mean? the kids, you know, you said um, kids in the classroom would know John Wall before him. And so, what I think is, Basketball is also simpler to know who's good and who's good in baseball. You know, as a kid watching the game, you don't really mm-hmm. know who's good other than somebody that's hitting a home run. Right. right. I agree with that, too. But if you watch basketball, you know, kids like Curry right now because he's, he's, he's flashy with the ball. He's hitting threes. Or you see LeBron dunking down the middle. They understand that. They might not understand what's a good play in baseball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So is baseball the most complicated sport of the three? If the, because I feel like you simplify stuff for kids. So me if, being a person who played it, I would say that definitely baseball is complicated. You know what I mean? Just from down to knowing the uh, the positions, is numbers and all of that. If you're not really into the game, you know it's deeper. You know what I mean? You go out there and know who could shoot, you know who could jump high, you know who could play defense. You know what I mean? Baseball is so many more elements it's right. more difficult but it's less respected all right that's what's up well i mean like i said i do think it was prop i was all in on it being the greatest world series of all time before game seven i'm still pretty much there i would have liked it to end with a little bit more drama just because we got so much drama but where i think this world series one over any other one is majority of the times my take on baseball is majority of the times the good teams and the teams who win, yeah, your bats got to be clicking, but it's pitching, though. Right, yeah. Pitching is what really matters the most. So it's like if you got good pitching, you got a, the best chance to win a World Series because more than likely two teams that made it to the World Series, their bats are hot. Both teams have hot bats. Both teams have been hitting well to even get to that point. Right. So it's usually – Pitching that can kind of separate one team from another because both teams have been both teams have had hot bats, you know, coming into the World Series. But this year, we seen nothing but home runs. Even with the big name pitchers, the storyline wasn't the pitchers in the World Series this year. The storyline was they, they it was the it was the record they broke the record for the most amount of home runs in a World Series. And game after game, you see a 13-12 finish. You seeing high scoring finishes that you don't usually see, and that's a lot more entertaining than seeing a two to one finish because the pitchers is out there dealing. So, can we agree that the home run is the most gratifying play or by thing? a long shot? Yeah, by a long so, shot. And that's why it goes back to what I was saying: why this is the best, you know, World Series. And people who aren't fans of baseball can still appreciate somebody knocking a 450-foot home run. And yeah, it happening every time a team goes down, the other team answer. And we had a lot of that this uh, World Series. So. You know what yeah. the highlight of the World Series was for me? When, when that lady caught the, the, the home run. Yeah, I was getting ready to <laughs> just get back. into that. So, so, <laughs> so for those of you. <laughs> I was janky yeah, to we the gotta talk about that. This. That was we got to talk about this. So let me preface this right quick. For those of y'all that don't really know what happened, right? So it was Puig. Yasiel Puig was up to bat. It was game five. That was game five, yeah, because the Dodgers won game six in L.A. It was game five in Houston. Yasiel Puig plays for the Dodgers. 
It was the home run to break the record for the most amount of home runs in the World Series. Yasiel Puig, but the game was tight. It was a close game. It was a good game. It's getting funny just so, so the game was tight, right? So Puig get up to bat. Boom. He hit a home run. Crack a home run. He pull it in the left field. Cracks a home run. A lady in the stands catch it. Now, mind you, like I said, this is the record-breaking home run. A lady in the stands catches the ball. To the right of her is her husband. To the right of him is another male. I've heard different cases. I heard he was a brother-in-law. I've heard he was a friend. Whatever he was, it was the lady who caught the home run. It was her husband or her boyfriend to the right of her. And to the right of him was another male. All three Astros fans. Puig plays for the Dodgers. She catches the ball. She's excited because she caught the ball. The husband is excited for his wife, but the dude to the right of him, whether it was a brother, a friend, or a random fan, he gets mad that these two are going for the Astros, and they're cheering because Yasiel Puig just hit a home run, and they caught it. So he acts as if he's going to shake hands with the lady while the ball is in her hands. He grabs the ball out of her hands. By this time, she's not even knowing. She's thinking he's celebrating with her because they, like, raised hands towards each other as if they were shaking hands. <laughs> he grabs the ball. As soon as he grabs the ball, the husband who is in the middle, he already knows what time it is. He's like, no, 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 because he know dude is about to throw the ball <laughs> back onto the field. <laughs> so sure enough, the husband tried to stop him for a little while. Dude kind of listened to the husband for maybe three seconds, and he launched the baseball back on the field. As a husband, what do you do? You got to fight. Fight. That was <laughs> worth fighting for. It was. You got to fight. It, it really depends on the relationship of the, of the, of the you know. How it was, though? Because nah, it's like, you know That's what your I mean? wife. If, if, if it's if your it's girl. My, if it's my brother-in-law, too, or something, <laughs> we might got to let it slide and deal with that at the house. But if it's a random person that had one too many cores lights and left center, we dump it. He, he, he lost it. He lost it. But honestly... I think it was good for the series. And what I mean by that is yeah. you need more stuff like that in baseball. <laughs> like we just heard, you know what I mean, from Rodney. Like, he's not a baseball fan, but that's the highlight of the World oh, Series to oh, him. Oh, man, I was weak. You know what I mean? I was, so dying, that's, I was crying laughing. That's what I mean by I think more occurrences like that in the game of baseball would bring more urgency and more awareness it's kind of like and, and, and right. obviously not to this extent it's kind of like what lavar ball is bringing to basketball yeah, entertainment. right now entertainment entertainment. Slicing, entertainment matter of fact music I'm, sports entertainment yeah i'm going to the trailblazer laker game tonight i hope lavar there's because we got you oh yeah i'm for sure yeah i'm a holler at him i'm gonna get a promo we, we gonna talk that talk for sure yeah, that's what i mean right right there so yeah it definitely made for some entertainment in that world series it was crazy though but as a man what do you do and and too bad we don't have a female in here right now. Because as a female, what do you expect your man to do in that situation? He, he got to do when something. When you cheering and celebrating because you caught a home run from the other team. Now, mind you, based on her giving him the ball, I don't think she knew that that was the record-breaking home run. 
I, don't I truly think she don't, cared that much. I don't think it was she cared. I team. think she was just happy she <laughs> caught the ball. Yeah, she was just excited. She was just excited. Man, her husband went and bought her a baseball at Big Five, and it was cool. Rubbed nah, it in some dirt. No. You know why it wasn't cool? Because she knows she is yeah. all over the internet yeah, for that right now. Yeah. It ain't cool for that and Big Five baseball. And she know what that baseball, baseball means now, yeah, too. She yeah, know what it now means. she know, because everybody's letting it be known. She probably missed out on some real money. I was going to say, you think that ball would have been worth yeah. a whole lot? Oh, oh, man. They hold on to that ball for like five, ten years. If we're calling this world. World Series, mm. the greatest World Series and of all time, the ball to break and the you one. caught the record-breaking home run. Yes, that ball was going to be worth. He would have had to catch these knuckles. Now you put it. All right, so yeah, yeah, the World Series though it was definitely a dope World Series. It, like I said, I just hope baseball figures out a way to keep the momentum going because I'm I, I'm a fan of baseball. I love baseball, but we got to figure out a way to keep the momentum going. So now, let's talk about the NFL a little bit. And mm. I want to talk about Bob McNair. Because Bob McNair had some comments to say about the players, and he pretty much refer- referred to the players as inmates. And I, I don't know about that. Did it's, y'all hear it? Did y'all yeah, hear about it? Yeah, man. It's it's really like you have a, a NFL that's made up of 70% of African Americans. And the the closest thing you want to compare them to is inmates it just let them know that the owner's mentality is still the same as slave mentality you know they yeah it's it's yeah and i uh i saw a post from draymond green right and he said something that was kind of on point he basically said with the basically and i'm paraphrasing this here with the political climate that we're in we shouldn't be calling these guys owners. We should be calling, referring to them as CEOs or whatever it is that their position is because when you when you call them an owner, you already kind of have that premeditated notion like I own these players. Right, right. So, so I respected Draymond. I'm like, that's really a good point. Instead of calling them an owner, which, I mean, they do own the team, so it's no denying what their job title is. But maybe we'll look at it a little bit different if we call him a CEO instead yeah. of an owner. I think uh, that tied back into kind of just with my morals, even before all of this political nonsense came to be, I never at a job called the manager my boss. Yeah, I never, called yeah. him a manager. You right, know what I mean? Right, like, right. I don't have a boss. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so, that's real talk. You, you manage this right, job. You manage what, what's going on and right. you facilitate schedules and make sure that certain things are taken care of, you know what I mean, above the store level, but you're not my boss, you know what I mean? And so I think that's exactly what Draymond Green was referring to, and uh, I agree. Right, so yeah, he basically talking about the players in references in reference to the players. Bob McNair said, we can't have inmates running the prison. And he was referring to the, to the protest and things of that sort. But yeah, I, that's the best way to put it, and that's how Draymond put it out there. But it's like, what I liked was the response from the team. The team responded well. The yeah. Texans responded well. Jadavion Clowney, who's one of their better players, top draft pick for him, they had a team Halloween party, and he dressed up as an inmate. As an inmate. Mm-hmm. Ooh, shots fired. <laughs> yeah. Shots fired. I, I, read, I read two things about this, too, though. I read that a couple of the players skipped practice. The yep. following day, Hopkins, that most importantly, yep. DeAndre Hopkins, yep. one of the one best receivers yep. in the NFL. Exactly, I exactly. Heard that that happened, and I also heard that uh, McNair tried to say he wasn't referring to the players. I don't know if that was a cover up or what that was about, but I heard him say that he was referring to like the relationship between the coaches and the owners and that kind of stuff. But 
that Either that way. came later. Yeah, you came know what I mean? Yeah. I, he he did admit that using the term inmate, no matter who he was really talking about, wasn't the right terminology. Now, now while I do understand it more so from a player's perspective, because as we we called it earlier on the show. Majority of your players are black in the NFL. Right. But even if it's the coaches, the mentality is still the same. That's a problem. I know why it would be emphasized more if we're talking about, oh, he didn't talk. He wasn't talking about the players. He's mm-hmm. talking about the coaches. That doesn't make it any better. Yeah, right. it does. It's just that yeah. we'll put a little bit more of a spotlight on it because the players are the one that's protesting. Majority that, of the players are black. Majority of the coaches aren't black. Mm-hmm. And let's be real here. So I think it's more could've of a deal. Cover up, though, it could have been a yeah, cover yeah. up. I but. also seen him apologizing. You know, I, I'd rather him really not. I know he has to as an owner, but. You know, it's good to see people show their true colors, so yeah. we know what's out yeah, there. Yeah, it's it, yeah, and I I agree that it's good. I I don't I won't say that I would see him rather not, even if he didn't mean it. We would be really trashing him right now if he didn't come out and apologize and make a statement. So but I've seen a lot of people not liking that he apologized. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. But if he, but how much worse off would it have been for him if he did come out? If he didn't apologize, I mean, I kind of, I kind of get both sides because it wouldn't have been worse off. Period. If he would have never said it, and in right. this time and age, and what we're going through, you got to be aware of that when you're in a position of power. And no that's matter the, how that's you call the biggest it, problem. You know I mean? That's why I said, regardless if he was talking about coaches, yeah, players, what he said was wrong. That was wrong. You got to yeah. be mindful what he said was wrong. But to what he but said, people, the, the apology. It's, it's fake. Like, you know how you right. really feel. So right. it's kind of like with anything else. If it's not genuine, hold it. We are You already ex- exposed but, how but, you feel. But, but, but do you really think that people would have reacted? Like I said, they could have reacted whatever way that they reacted to the apology, whether they like it or they didn't like it. But you got to admit the right thing for him to do was to apologize. You got to admit that you would have wanted him to apologize regardless. You would have wanted to hear apology. Whether you felt like it was phony or not, you still want to hear an apology. Like mm-hmm. I, 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 and I don't. You don't have to fool with him after he apologizes. You don't have to say, "Oh, you're the greatest owner of all time right now," or "You're a real man," or "You didn't mean what you said." But you still would prefer him to apologize rather what than not. What I would not. prefer is you not put me in a position to have to decipher right. if this exactly. apology is genuine that's or obvious. not. You know what I that's mean? That's obvious. That's spot. obvious. But right. we're past that now. Right. He already said it. So yeah, that's so why I think we, we so, stick to we don't care about the apology because right. he already said it. You know right. What I mean? All right. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's the concept. All right. Really. I just like I said. I just feel like <laughs> yeah. a lot of people, even if you don't accept the apology or you don't like the apology or appreciate it. You're him not apologizing. You would use that against him as well. Okay. If you're coming, if you're but going into any kind of a debate, you'd still use that against him. Oh, you said it, and then you didn't apologize. So for no matter, it? That so would no get matter. Used against me. I got a question for you. No matter if he was meaning it toward the coaches, the players, or whatever. Do we all agree that that was a slap in the face? Yeah, I said okay. that initially. Right. So. If I walked up to you and slapped you in the face, you don't care about my apology at that point, whether if it was genuine or not. I Did don't. that make sense? Well, I'm going to react probably before you can apologize. <laughs> but but <laughs> even with I'm that being said... But, you ain't going to care about my no, apology, but, but, but even with that being said, but even with that being said... <laughs> You're not going to just slap me in the face and not say something. I'm going to either make you apologize, however I got to make you. It's one way or another, you going to apologize, whether I got to make you or whether you make yourself there he apologize. Goes. Don't, don't slap Devon. Like we talking, you know what I mean? But, but, but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is like I said, him. I'm not trying to, I'm not in no way, shape, or form taking Bob McNair's side in this situation. I know, we get it. Yeah, yeah but yeah, what I'm yeah. saying is, 
whether you accept the apology or not, the right thing for him to do was to apologize because had he not apologized, there would have been emphasis put on the fact that he said that and he was unapologetic about it. You don't have to agree with the apology. You don't have to feel like he's right or he's wrong or he's a different or a changed man because he apologized. But if he doesn't apologize, you best believe it would have got used against him. It would have. I mean, it would have been ammo. In his position, rightfully so. He he had to. He had to. Rightfully so, because he was wrong. He was wrong. But we've all been wrong before, and I'm not. And I'm not comparing uh, his wrongs to ours, or and vice versa. But what I'm saying is, in the position he's in, when we're talking about the NFL, when we're talking about business, he had to to apologize. He He had. He definitely did. But now let's transfer over into Papa John's. Y'all eat Papa John's? Man, no. No. <laughs> I don't remember the last time Bro, I said hey, I would eat Little Caesars <laughs> for $6 before, before Papa John's. Man, my piece of pieology, DiGiorno's, anything. Eddie, they been on the decline. I don't know about this. <laughs> they over there. It's a scapegoat. It's um, a man, because yeah. I, I ain't going to lie. That might have been a marketing tactic for them to get some people to come buy some Papa John's. Man, no. That's what yeah, I think it was. That's I, I don't think I ever had Papa John's before. Before. I Man, looked at it. I had Papa Murphy's. Yeah, I drive by. I seen something. You can get a free pizza there for something. Yeah, I don't I, want I it. I had a plug at Papa Murphy's. But uh, Papa yeah, John. but Papa John's. I don't no. know John. I no. know Murph though. Yeah, but, no but, Murph. <laughs> but even but even with that being said though, even with that being said, you talk about marketing tactics. I really truly believe that was a tactic. I don't think anybody gonna feel bad for him. I think it, I think honestly though, I think the NFL do affect their sales because for one, they're already not the best piece of franchise, right? And then a lot of people are boycotting the NFL. So yeah, I think it's it's a mixture of both. You're already not that good. Now it's more of a, a reason not to go eat over there. And so uh, I agree. I agree. I don't think that they're that good to begin with. And I do think that the NFL is directly affecting them, just like if a player, you know, make a bad decision or a bad choice, it's going to affect his endorsements. I right. think it's the same thing. You know what I mean? If you are the face of, you know, supporting the NFL and people are not agreeing with the NFL, they're usually not agreeing with the people that's directly that's associated, associated with them. Right, so, right. Exactly. That's where it comes And you're already not that good, so it's more of a reason not to go eat over there. <laughs> For the fourth time, he <laughs> think they're not that good, okay? Don't Honestly, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I think, I no, I've never had Papa John's. I never heard them. somebody suggest, let's go get Papa John. No, I've never heard it. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, I've, I've never had Papa John's before. Like I said, I had Papa Murphy's. I know who Murphy is, but when it comes to Papa John's, I don't <laughs> think this is really that correlated to why business hasn't been booming. I don't know if business ever was really Well, it was booming because you, you're known. It took a spike down. I, I agree. I think it's a combination of both, for sure. There's no other way to put it. If you're already not that good and then you associate it with something negative, uh, your chances are slim to none, period. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Papa yeah. John's. Yeah, and then, but then, but then you also got to think about it. The founder of Papa John's, he donated to Trump's campaign. The, he he he's cut workers' hours to avoid paying health insurance. They've been found guilty of wage theft and not playing employees overtime. Like they've say no to Papa John's. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a reason. Please, yeah. So that's that's Papa John's for you. So I don't I don't I'm not affiliated or associated with Papa John's. I don't eat Papa John's. I don't do none of that. But lastly, I just want to get y'all general thoughts on what's going on in the NBA right now because the league is pretty lit. It's it's weird right now. The it's, league is lit. We got Detroit Pistons and Orlando Magic on top of the East. 
Yeah, it's crazy. We yeah. got Cleveland at the bottom of the East. But you know, but you know what I what I think the most, and this is where, and I, obviously here in Portland, I'm covering the Portland Trailblazers. Uh huh. And you mentioned Detroit and Orlando. Did I expect them to be at the top of the East right now? Absolutely not. But what I will say this. Where I feel like they have an advantage, where I feel like Portland should have an advantage. A lot of these teams, including Cleveland and LeBron, have made so many big moves over the offseason right. that they have completely different teams and that they haven't all figured out how to put it all together yet. A team like Detroit, a team like Orlando, two teams that didn't make any splash moves, even the Blazers. I didn't consider them to make splash moves. So coming into the season, I was saying their best advantage to get a good, solid spot in the playoffs higher than an eighth seed would be to get off early right now while everybody else is trying to figure things out Mm -hmm. and get some chemistry. And you're seeing that from Detroit teams and from Orlando teams. Where the Sixers sitting at right now? They in the middle somewhere? They they like in the middle. They They like what? at the bottom last year too. Yeah. Yeah. They're around the middle. And honestly, though, Ben Simmons didn't play. And beat is always and, in and out. And so those they are still, two difference makers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. they got some chemistry going they, on they're too. They're figuring some stuff out. Those are two difference makers. Right, but right. I just like the parity that we're seeing in the NBA mm-hmm. right now. I feel mm-hmm. like we haven't ever since super teams and all that. People have made all kinds of different excuses as to why the NBA has gotten worse, why it isn't getting any better. Quite frankly, I think the NBA has gotten a lot better. I think the Warriors made it to where. Either you're going to go get a super team or you're flat out going to go put in work in the offseason and go get better instead of just laying down to us year in and year out. You <laughs> can't do that. that. And, yeah. and what else I think is helping the league right now, people talked about all these bloated contracts and how much money everybody getting. I think it's a lot more motivation for cats to go out to there live and up get to it. it. To right, live up to right. it. To not only live up to it, but to, to go, go get, get it, it too. Yeah, to go, to get, go it, yeah. get the big contract rather than, True. oh, they're getting fat and happy True. once they get the big contract and start. True. I think the pressure works better in, in favor of the NBA because these guys are chasing that bag or trying mm-hmm. to live up to the bag that it is that they're getting rather than people getting content once they get the bag. Yeah, we've agreed that this was already arguably the best World Series, and I think that this has potential to be one of the best NBA seasons, period, and, too. Yeah. And I probably think the so, best offseason, yeah, too. I think it's so much adversity, so right. much young talent, so much motivation, as he just touched on. There's so many elements that – could give this NBA season the potential to be one of the most entertaining that we've seen. And so far, it lived up to the hype. I mean, we got the young players like Alonzo and Ben Simmons. You know, they're doing their thing. And then we got the middle teams who's trying to, like the Orlando Magic, who's trying to go to the top. We got Russ, Carmelo, and PG over there trying Mm -hmm. to figure it out. We got Cleveland, who never seen this coming them mm-hmm. starting off so bad, and so it, it's, it's a lot. A lot. It's a lot going yeah. on. Yeah, I'm enjoying it, man. I'm enjoying the league this year. So that's that. But, D-Boy, before we get out of here, we got a question to ask you Uh-oh. because you, you're you a guest on the show today, <laughs> and then we're going to allow you to promo yourself, tell everybody where to find everything you got going on right now. So the question is, we ask this to every guest that come into the show. The show is called Wake Up and Win, podcast called Wake Up and Win. When you wake up every morning, is there something that you do to set the tone for you to go out and win the day? Um, definitely. I think it first start with, you know, gathering your thoughts and collecting your thoughts, kind of preparing just like you would do for a game on game day or anything. I think that, you know, I mean, the best way to wake up and win and attack the day is to have a plan. You know what I mean? So when I first wake up, I'm putting a plan together, you know what I mean, strategic, figuring out what I want to accomplish, what I want to get done that day, 
And then from there, it's just execution. Okay. All right. So yours is just waking up and thinking about it before you attack it. Yeah. Because me, I just wake up in the morning, get ready, get dressed, and I'm gone. Oh, mind man. you, that's it. mind you, well, well, you got to think I'm up at five in the morning every day because mm-hmm. I come in right, and do a radio right. show, yeah, yeah. and I get up that early so that I can come mm-hmm. into the studio and prep a couple right. hours before I do my show. Right. So it's that's more to deal with me. But yeah. when I wake up, I wake up so early. Yeah. I don't have a ritual no more besides yeah. to get ready, get dressed, and drive to, to the train like, station. Being an artist, my <laughs> days ain't as structured as that you know what i mean so it's like every day i'm trying to generate more following i'm trying to generate more streamers all of this different kind of stuff so right i gotta put a little bit more thought onto you know every day being strategic more than the set so what's been working for you bro because i feel like you know when it come to underground rap and you know just rapping in general there's a lot of people that's waking up trying to figure it out the rap game the music game is very popular right now people trying to figure it out Mm -hmm. you just released a new album What's been working for you, you know, since you dropped the album? Um, I really just say the fact that um, I stopped trying to hit home runs and just understand that, you know what I mean, a single and a couple of doubles is going to bring in the same kind of run. So basically just focusing on the people who focus on me, the people who are interested in what I got going on and really just, you know, showing that appreciation and staying in new people's face every day. So making sure that I'm posting Every day, you know what I mean? Making sure that everything is kind of all directed toward the same, you know, goal. Staying active and staying busy. People respect entertainment and they respect hard work. And so those are the two things that I've been putting into the atmosphere in order to, you know, attract new listeners. That's what's up. So go ahead and promote yourself, promote your album, your social media, all that. D-Boy, L-T-D, D-B-O-I-L-T-D on everything. Instagram, Twitter, you know, Facebook, the whole nine. Um, you can search that on anything that you stream music from and you'll find, you know, a series of slappers, a series of bangers that I put out this year. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much everywhere. D-Boy LTD. Search it, follow it, support it. You feel me? I'm rocking with you. And what else do you have going on going forward coming up? Um, actually, tonight I'll be starting um, working on my new album, which I plan on dropping um, at least an EP um, or album before the end of the year so. Really just staying busy. We live in a time where music is always coming out. Music is easy to access. So, like I said, stand in their face, keep putting out more material, you know, not being content or, you know, trying to hit the home run with one project. We're going to keep it coming and, you know, keep the, you know, domino effect going to where it hit one person to the other. There we go. Well, that's D-Boy LTD, Young Rod in the building. Yeah, yeah. I'm Devon Pouncey, and we're going to leave y'all the only way we know how to. And that is to stay woke and go in. Yeah.